Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 132 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a returning guest for this episode. Courtney Forger first appeared on the show in episode 43. You can find that at wehavecancershow.com forward slash 043. And this was in June 2016. And when I spoke to Courtney, she was recently married, was about to return to work pending a reverse ileostomy reversal surgery. And a lot has transpired in these three years, not just with her health, but uh, personally as well. And I know you're going to enjoy hearing this latest update from Courtney. And she, you know, is pretty honest and talks about some of the challenges that she's faced over the last three years. And I'll let her tell the rest of the story. So join me now for my conversation with Courtney Forger. Courtney, it's it's a rare occasion, but it does happen happen sometimes where I get to tell a guest, welcome back. And I get to say that to you today. And I was looking at the calendar and we're about a week off from when we last spoke. It's almost three years to the day. That's amazing. We're recording this in June. I think this will probably come out August, September sometime, but it's hard to believe three years have gone by. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for having me back, Lee. Yeah. I'm thrilled that we got connected and you know, so much has transpired, I know, in your life, and we'll get to that. When we spoke, you know, you were talking about getting ready to go back to school and having a reversal surgery, and then all kinds of things have come your way. So yeah. let's just jump right in there and uh, pick up where we left off last time to what's transpired since then. Sounds great. Okay, so I had my reversal surgery at UPMC up in Pittsburgh, and they're phenomenal up there. I absolutely love Dr. Bartlett and he's, his team. They're just amazing. And recovery was rough, for sure. And I had five weeks without the bag, and I was just not doing well. And I understood there would be some, you know, some stool issues and diarrhea and all that kind of stuff, but it was just... It was terrible. Then I remember one week I had some severe, severe pains and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I used to live in Virginia and I called Pittsburgh and my husband and I made a decision, you know, we got to get out there. Something's not right. So we go back and long story short, the reversal failed and we tried a couple different options over the course of a week and a half to get me to stay bagless, but it just wasn't in the works for me. So I am the proud owner of a permanent colostomy bag and I have named my stoma Miss Jelly Roll. She's this cute little spiral and Jelly roll. <laughs> we're on great terms. So okay. I love my bag now. We're good. Good. So it's really helped your quality of life in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's TMI, but that's that's what it is, right? I was having diarrhea, and the problem was I was passing stool, and I couldn't feel it. I didn't have that sensation, and mm. I would get up and you know smell or feel like I was wet, and I was like, this doesn't this this isn't right. The radiation just 
blasted me and did such a number that, mm. you know, diapers or bags, you get to pick. And I, I chose the bag and I'm, I love it. Yeah, and, you know, I hear this so often, you know, the, as, as you know, better than anybody, uh, because uh, that's not an experience that I've had, but to a person, I don't think I've spoken to anybody who's an ostomate that after they've had it, hasn't said they're glad that they did. And it really, really made a difference yeah. in their quality of life. So yeah. glad to hear that. I think when people get that initial diagnosis, and I did too, you're going to have this temporary ileostomy, and I want that off as soon as possible. I don't want that. I don't want that kind of life. But truly, I can do absolutely everything, and I'm comfortable, and it's clean, and it's safe, and it's all these wonderful things that it's not, you know, a bag of crap strapped to you and this grotesque thing that you might have sure. thought when you initially diagnosed. I love it. It it enables me to do so much. I can leave the house. That's awesome. That's a big deal instead of having a, yeah. you know, chart out where every bathroom is when you step out of the yep. house. And yes, you know, I hear that from everybody that I've talked to, but that hasn't been the only challenge you've, you've faced since we last spoke, has it? No, I've had two cancer scares in three years. The first one, I... I kept going to the ER for various things and when they would do sorry, CT scans, they would find this little spot in the center of my lungs and we couldn't figure out what it was. And I said, oh, you know, you're sick or, oh, you were sick last time or you had bronchitis or, you know, they could always attribute it. And then I remember one day they said, I said, you know, that's been there for a while. And they said, oh, you know what? You know, why don't you go get that checked out? Because it's either bronchitis or cancer. You should go see your oncologist. And I just lost it. I'm sorry, what? I'm here for, you know, different kind of stomach pain. What's going on? So I went to my oncologist's office and I sat down and they weren't able to see me or get a hold of me. So I took my chair and I sat right in front of the secretary's desk and I just waited until someone could acknowledge me and we can talk about this. And my oncologist pulled me aside and said, finally said, look, we're going to have to wait and see, which one, I never want to hear that. And two, you know, we'll wait and see. And then three to six months, we'll break your chest open and we'll uh, we'll do a biopsy. I said, what? I'm sorry, what? That's insane. So that was that was a lot to process. Uh, I guess cancer coming back, you know, it's always in the back of your mind, but this was zoom right in the front. Now I have to deal with this, address it now. Luckily, I have connections to UPMC and they told me, look, it's a 15 minute biopsy. We don't break your chest. The mediastinum is where your two lungs meet in the center. And it's a place that they can't do surgery. It's a very delicate, sensitive area is what I was told. So they mm -hmm. can, whatever spots there, they can blast it with chemo and radiation, but there's no transplant, there's no surgery. But what it came down to is they have such advanced technology that my, you know, I thought my hospital was pretty good. It's nothing compared to these massive, huge organizations. So to wait three to six months and have them do this life-changing surgery where they crack my chest open versus it was 15 minutes. I was in and out. They went in with the scope. They pierced my windpipe. They got the cells. That's it. It was quick and easy. And they came back and it was thankfully benign, but we have to watch that. And I think that really just kind of opened my eyes to going for those second and third opinions when you truly, truly need it. I mean, I, that's how I got diagnosed with cancer in the first place, but I, I'm, I'm really proud. We made that decision to go get investigated more. 
Sure. You know, and, and you mentioned before we went live that you, you use the term, you think you were a little bit naive initially with your diagnosis. And, you know, I, I kind of thought about what you said and I don't know that it's naive. I think it's just, you know, we, t we want to be optimistic and we, we hope for the best and we think, you know, we'll get, you know, cause I'm right there with you. And, uh, you know, it's like, all right, you know, and, and then reality hit, you hear someone say, oh, you know, it could be a metastasis, whatever. And, and that's exactly our reaction. What? Right. Because when you get through one procedure, you think that's behind I'm you. Done. You're I'm done. Yeah. And oh my good. I mean, that's been the ongoing conversation in our house is, you know, finally we, you know, Linda and I, my wife got, we got to the point where we said, you know, I think we need to eliminate the word done from our vocabulary because it doesn't seem like yeah. we're done ever. So I don't think it's naive. I think it's just being optimistic. And that's how, you know, we tend to be wise. I, I really appreciate that. You know, I've thought about our podcast a lot over the last couple of years. And, you know, I came, I feel like I came off as young and bright. And I'm going to beat this and positive, 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 which is great. And that's what I did. And I, I have no regrets about that. My big thing, thought positive spin was I'm such a social person. And to see people go, oh, you have cancer. I'm so sorry. And to have them shy away and have pity. That's just, that's not who I am. And that's not how I wanted to see that treatment go. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to keep people around me happy. That would keep me happy. Let's, you know, I don't want to be a victim. And that made a difference. And it was great. And I thought I was done, like exactly like you said. So when this hit and it was, oh man, this is a whole new ball game I was not prepared for. And that was hard. And so that was, gosh, that was probably two years ago. And then just this past November, they found another spot on my lungs, um, on my left lung and they couldn't figure out what it was. It just appeared, you know, as you know, you got the scans every six months for five years. I assume, is that what you're on as well, Lee? Uh, I wish I'm um, every three months. And as we mentioned, I just finished, you know, as the, our listeners know, we had a totally unexpected thing happen early this year with the metastasis back in my liver for the first time in six years. And I just finished my oh, last yeah. treatment uh, last week and I'm going to have liver ablation uh, two weeks from tomorrow, from tomorrow, but I'm not going to use the word done. I'd say done for done for now. I, I think I definitely am going to, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go talk to my husband and say, guess what? We're, we're adding to our vocabulary. Then we're not done yet. <laughs> I like that. Done, um, done for now. Done, done for now. Yeah. I. So, so this, what did they say about the second metastasis? They, they said it had gotten bigger, but watch it. So I had some more scans done and then it just disappeared. And I don't know what happened, wow. but you know, that's, that makes me really happy. Also makes me really nervous. So now what I'm on is what you're on. I'm going to have scans every three months for the foreseeable future. Just to keep an eye on, make sure nothing pops up, disappears, moves around or whatever. So, yeah. so let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, how do you view yourself in the cancer world now versus how you kind of looked at yourself when we spoke three years ago? I think my eyes are more open and it's been hard. Ugh. I've lost a couple friends and it's, I've seen the bigger picture and it, it's hard. Um, I'm still positive. I'm still cheerful. It's just kind of, 
I don't know how much time I have left. Um, things are good right now, but uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, I think just because you had the recurrence doesn't mean you need to be in the place of, you know, how much time do I have left, you know, because it sounds like you and I have some similar kind of pathologies. My, my nickname at the cancer center has been small and slow growing because everything I get is small <laughs> and slow growing. And you know what? I'm fine. Hey, I'm good with that. It certainly, beats, certainly beats the alternative, right? You know? Yeah. And like you said, you know, you've lost Brett close friends and, and so have I, and we've lost some members of our podcast community. And I, I think we would both agree that there's, there's a lot of people out there that wish they only had one spot and wish they had small and slow growing. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I say, you know, I don't know how much time I've left, not lightly. I think it's just, like you said before, I thought I was done. We're good. Treatment's done. I'm going to get this bag off. Let's go back to normal life. So now it's, oh, it came back. It, it is it coming back? What's that going to look like? And it's, it just, it's a whole new spin on things. And it was kind of hard for me to process. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I, one of the things, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, this, I don't want to make this a, about me, but is no, I want to hear it. We have so such similarities is for years, I always felt that all these friends of ours who had bigger struggles and bigger challenges, I always said, gee, that's not me. You know, I've just got this one spot and we're fine. And then when the surprise happened to me earlier this year, it was like, I'm them now. It's not me and them. I felt like now I'm them. And that was really hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I even looked when I walked out of the chemo on Wednesday, I wouldn't ring the bell. I wouldn't ring the bell. And, uh, you know, that was That's... a big the first time it was a big celebration. And I said, I can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, yeah. you know? That yeah. that was hard for me because, you know, I'm okay. I'm done. Let's do this. So I asked my oncology center. I was like, okay, where's the bell? Let's do this. And they say, oh, we don't, we don't do the bell here. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, it, it's kind of discouraging for the people who are here their second and third and fourth times when they're in the oncology center and they hear that bell ring and a lot of them, they're not going to get to ring the bells. So it's just, it's better if we don't have one. And I said, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. I know. I've heard that recently. I've heard all these people, you know, they've got the video and the bell and there's balloons and people are shouting and yelling and cheering and all that. And I was like, I want that moment. Yeah, I'm done. And then I realized and I go, it's not about me. We, we can't do that. It's not about me. It's, I can have a private celebration somewhere, but that, that's, that's a hard sound for people to hear day in and day out. I know people that have had hundreds of rounds of cancer treatments oh. and are on, and for them to hear that day in and day out, I, that's gotta be heartbreaking. Sure. So I'm pretty anti-bell now. <laughs> yeah, I am too. But in your position, I, I completely understand I mean, you're done for now. For now. That's good we're for done. now. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as cliche-ish as it sounds, it's it really is. You know, what's today going to bring in? Today's going to be a good day, and we'll worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. How has this, you know, these new challenges impacted just how you look at things day to day and? And, you know, your relationship with your husband and those kinds of things. 
Oh gosh, Lee hit me with the hard questions here. I think I, I, the number 10 years, gosh, wow. Keep standing out in my head. Like what if I only have 10 years left? How do I want to spend it? Do I want to do something I don't really enjoy? Do I want to waste my time with these certain activities? What, uh, how can I get the most out of what I have? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So how's all this affected your husband? He is, oh God, he is probably the best person I've ever met. He's got such a kind soul. He's so supportive. He grounds me. He talks me through all my anxieties that I have at the middle of the night. He's just the best. And, um, I couldn't have done this without him. And he's gone to every big appointment that I wanted to. He comes when I wanted to. He comes if I say, you know, I'm good today. He understands. He respects my space. But he's just, he's the absolute best. So he's, it's hit him hard too, but he's like, we'll get through this. We got this. We've done it once. We'll do it again. We'll do it as many times as we need to. Where would we be without our wonderful caregivers, right? I, oh my God. Yeah. And, and I can echo everything you said about my wife, but we also realize that not everybody's so fortunate, you know? Absolutely. Being a caregiver is really hard too. And, you know, uh, my wife uttered those words and it's true. You know, if people don't know what, if you're not a cancer patient, you don't know what it's like to be a patient. If you're not a caregiver, you don't know what yeah. it's like to be a caregiver either. All right. And they're, they're both hard. They're both challenging. Right? We, uh, we were joking about it the other day. I, I remember I wasn't able to walk up and down stairs and I, I was just not doing well. So I would go up and kind of stay on one level for about a week. I, I would crawl if I had to do stairs. So my husband, you know, in our townhouse, we would hang it on the second floor. The kitchen's on the first floor. And he'd go, hey, babe, I'm going downstairs. Do you want anything? And I'd say, no, 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 I'm good. And then as soon as he comes up, the minute he hit that top step, I was like, oh, you know what I really want? Like, <laughs> you couldn't have told me this three minutes ago when I was downstairs. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> so we, uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, that we just, we've been joking about that the last couple of weeks. Like, I'm going down once. You get one option. <laughs> <laughs> or text me while I'm down there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. So you shared something really cool with me before is you also have a four-legged support member of your family too, don't you? Yes. I have a retired racing greyhound. His name is Bagel Man. That was his racing name. And we thought, you know, that is just so good. We're going to keep that. And it's not Bagel. It's not Bailey's. It's full. His full given name, Bagel Man. So anyway, it was two years ago last month, I was in a hospital for my reconnect surgery. Um, they had just taken the bag down. Emotionally, I was like, okay, great, we're gonna do this. But physically, I was not doing well. And thankfully, my in-laws were with me. My Unfortunately, my husband had to be on a trip overseas. So my in-laws were with me and they saw these therapy dogs and they said, oh my God, my daughter-in-law loves animals. Could you please go visit? They said, sure. So two therapy greyhounds came and they, they visited me and that just lifted my spirits. I love animals and to have that furry fun touch and just something to kind of love on while I'm just feeling terrible, just made the biggest difference in my mood, my recovery. So they visited me two years ago last month, and I'm currently in the process of getting my dog therapy trained so he can go to hospitals and do the exact same thing. How cool is that? Yeah, it's my way of giving back. Sure. So how long will it take for him to be 
certified, I guess, <laughs> to be official. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool. It's with Pet Partners Inc. And it's kind of on your own timeline. You do all everything online. And then they have uh, some interactive portions on this program that you go through. And then there's an in-person test. So it's it's really whenever I uh, whenever I'm ready. So I'm hopefully in July. I've been kind of taking my time. You know, we just moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina from Virginia, and I'm trying to get everything all situated down here. Um, I actually was supposed to go meet my new oncologist tomorrow. Unfortunately, uh, getting scans sent from two different hospital systems down to the new one has been challenging and it takes way longer than anyone would ever think. So that that appointment had to get moved back a month and a half. So hopefully this time next month, he'll, yeah, it's been a huge pain. So hopefully this time next month, he'll be visiting patients in the hospitals. Do you find, you know, I, I noticed, and, and we were talking before, uh, I did not have pets in my life until I met my wife, Linda, and uh, how, how I did that. But now, you know, in retrospect now, I don't know how I did it because they're amazing. They're the but best. I, but I find that you kind of feel like they know Oh, absolutely. You know, when I had my very first partial colectomy, goodness, eight years ago now, she would not, and we were, we were just dating at the time. She would not leave my side. It was like, she knew something was up. Do you experience it? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I would come home from chemo and just, as you know, just crash and sleep for days after and I'd wake up and look around in the bed and I've got all the cats. We had four cats at the time. They were all around me on the bed in this little protective ring. And I thought that was the coolest thing. They'd never all snuggled together at the same time in the same place. And it it was just really wonderful to have that kind of support. I could reach out. There was always one next to me. And um, they definitely knew. They definitely yeah. knew. Yeah. They're always happy to see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So that they made a huge difference in my recovery. And I, I understand some people can't have animals in sure. their homes. So I'm hoping, you know, when I bring him to wherever we go in the cancer center that he'll brighten somebody else's day like those two dogs did for me two years ago. And hopefully that'll help him feel a little bit better and get him home faster. So you moved from Virginia to Charlotte. And as, as you said, Gosh. you know, you had an appointment lined up for a new oncologist. What's, uh, you know, uh, what does that feel like to have to change, change doctors like that? It's hard, (laughs) you know, it's kind of going over my medical history and how much stuff I've gone through in the last four years. It's a lot. And to feel like to have to get reestablished to start over in case something happens in the future, it's kind of daunting. I remember I talked to one hospital or my one oncology center. And they said, okay, we just sent over your, all your stuff. I said, great. And they said, that's 400 pages. I said, what? Yeah. All our thing is on 400 pages. I said, wow. And you know, then getting surgery notes and scans and everything. I mean, I've got binders on me and I know I'm going to be in great hands. I've got a, a really great doctor I'm excited about, but it, um, just having to go through all the motions of getting everything set up again, is just kind of all right, here we go. Let's ramp up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I have to have scans every three months and we'll be good. It'll be good. 
Well, you know, it, it's good to catch up with you. And I always connect with the people, you know, that, that I get to talk to, but, you know, having you back and kind of seeing how our paths have kind of followed a similar route nice. uh, in the three years since we last spoke, let's stay connected because, absolutely, you know, we can kind of help each other along through the, through this journey. And, and it's I my hope that. that as people people listen to, you know, to our interview here, you know, that I think there's some, some interesting takeaways and some ways to kind of process and look at things that, you know, I think you, you're going to inspire and give some other people just like you did the first time, Courtney, some courage to move forward and and move on. So just want to wish you all the best. Thank you. You too. And congratulations on your last oncology appointment. Oh, thanks. Chemo appointment for now. <laughs> right. We're done for now. <laughs> exactly. Done for now. Be well, Courtney. You too. There are several Get Your Rear in Gear 5K Run Walk One Mile Fun Runs coming up over the next month or so. Let me review the dates and locations for you. Coming up first is in Chicago, Illinois. This is on September the 7th. This is also on a Saturday at Montrose Harbor. Also on September 7th in New Hampshire, Kantukuk, New Hampshire at Gould Hill Farm. That's their Get Your Rear and Gear event. We also have one taking place in Boston on September 14th, which is a Saturday. That's at DCR Mother's Rest at Carson Beach. Also on Saturday, September 14th in Columbus, Ohio at Creekside Plaza. The following Saturday, September 21st, Seattle, Washington at Redmond Central Connector. And the following day is not only a 5K run walk, but a Tour de Tush bike ride. This event is at Veterans Memorial Park. And we have a golf tournament coming up on Friday, September 13th in Austin, Texas. We call that one the Caboose Cup. And that is taking place in Austin, Texas at Riverside Golf Course. For information in these and all other Colon Cancer Coalition events, visit their website at coloncancercoalition.org. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer. And thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. And you can find us on social media by visiting our Facebook page at We Have Cancer Show and at We Have Cancer Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.